Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here, and we are talking with the man who's got an existential crisis. Rich, what's going on, Rich? <laughs> I've always got an existential crisis. That they're never-ending. Life is just a, a series of hardships that are uh, only interrupted by crisis. Yes. I think I, I read that somewhere. And it's over far too soon. <laughs> yes. Before, it's a blink of an eye. Uh, you know, I was just uh, 30, 34, and now I'm 54. Where did that time go? Ugh. 20 years, man. Where'd they go? Yeah. 20 years, man. I don't know, to quote Bob Seger. There you go. It's a, it's a life misspent. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't most of them? Hmm. All Let's right. see if we can uh, spend our time correctly, or at least our money, our DraftKings money and FanDuel money on uh, the PGA Championship, the first major of yeah. 2020 in the uh, in the detoured year that is sports. Sounds good. I'm pulling yeah. up your projections right now. We I posted the whole list right now over on AbsoluteDegeneracy.com. So, there it is. so you can hang up right now and uh, just head on over there. Oh, you, you could. <laughs> Yeah, but we don't want to do that because we have some important insights to add, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, it's, a, it's a tournament out in San Francisco at a municipal park, mm -hmm. a TPC Harding Park. So it's a it's a public course that, you know, if you're out that way, you can actually go play it. And it's kind of had a facelift because at one point it was used as a parking lot for a tournament that they hosted across the street at a at another course called Olympic Park. So oh, wow. it's come a long, long way. And uh, if you watch this weekend, you'll probably hear if you drank a shot, probably every time they told you Tiger Woods played this course as a kid, you might be hammered Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, well, I, I assume that's how you were going to be anyway. So. Well, I take a shot every time they tee off. So it's, <laughs> by the time they make it to the first half hour, I'm face down on the ground. Oh, okay. There we go. 
<laughs> then I wake up, hey, what happened, man? No, I don't drink anymore. So, you know, we, we used to play those kind of games back mm-hmm. in the fraternity and college days, but not any longer. All right. All right. That sounds fun. Okay. What do you, what do you got going on? So I think that, you know, looking at this course, there's very little um, course history. There's only been one stroke tournament play there. That was back in 2005. Mm. They've held the President's Cup there. They've held a uh, match play there. So those are played differently than when every golfer's score accounts for himself. So way back then in 2005, Tiger Woods defeated John Daly um at minus 10 and at the time the two of them were um two of the longer hitters on the tour and probably two of the wildest guys on the tour only people didn't know it right (laughs) (laughs) right right. we didn't have twitter (laughs) right or you didn't have uh, uh, a a an angry wife with a golf club chasing you around your complex uh in her in in your suv and crashing it into a fire hydrant i got nothing yeah you're right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's how all the news broke on Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but it's been a long player's course. And then looking at some satellite video as well as, um, you know, reading some course reviews, watching YouTube videos of people that are on the course right now, Mm -hmm. what they've done is basically, uh, at first they were probably kind of concerned because it's a short course basically by professional standards. It's like 7,200 yards or something like that, um, which is really short. That's kind of like the stuff that regular golfers play. Mm -hmm. So what they had to do is they had to protect the course by really growing out the fairways. So grass, like when you and I go play, if we were to hit the ball, it might land in the fairway, but they've, they've basically reduced the width of a lot of fairways by up to 60%. So they're really narrowing the course. Mm. Um, and, and what that's going to mean is that a lot of guys are going to put the ball in the rough off the tee. And uh, the shorter hitters are going to be at a big disadvantage because if you're 200 yards away from the green and you know, you're hitting a five iron out of the rough, it's kind of really hard to control that, where it's going to go, the trajectory and all that sort of stuff. If you're 120 yards away because you hit the ball a lot longer, then it's a lot easier to, you know, to generate some good club head speed, have a little bit more control with a higher lofted club and a little bit more accuracy. Plus, if you just think about the dynamics, if you're off by, you know, a quarter of a degree and your ball is traveling 100 yards versus 200 yards, mm-hmm. it's going to be 50% closer to the hole. Well, okay. You, you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Mm-hmm. So distance is going to be a, I, I think, a key here at this tournament. So I kind of created my own score, what I what I call efficient, um, basic efficient driving or driving efficiency. Mm-hmm. So how far you hit the ball, and then you know what percentage of fairways you hit. So that way, you know, a guy like Jim Furyk, who's going to hit three out of four fairways, he's top in the in the tournament, but he only hits the ball about two hundred and fifty yards. So that's kind of like me and me, me and you, yeah. um, except we don't hit seventy five percent of the fairways. No, no. Whereas a yeah, whereas a guy like By, uh, Bryson uh, DeChambeau hits the ball about three hundred and twenty four yards. So there's like a, a you know seventy five yard difference. It's a huge difference. So he's going to gain an advantage even though he only hits sixty percent of the fairways. So I created this score and looking at it, I have Bryson as the top. Um, 
driving efficiency guy, followed by John Rahm, Cameron Champ, Paul Casey, some of the same names that we saw last week. But again, like as I always do, I'm looking for for uh, reversion to mean guys, guys that have a mm-hmm. chance who, who outscored last week, uh, who underscored in the last tournament and have a chance to come back. So looking at that list, I have John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Royal Mac- Roy McIlroy, Tony Finau, guys like that who hit the ball a long way and the top of my rankings. I was, so it, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was no, going to say, I was surprised to see one name on there, number four. And that name is, I don't have the rankings. Oh, right Tiger, Tiger Woods. So Tiger Woods. Because we're looking Tiger, for low ownership, right? Isn't that a factor? I, I think Tiger Woods is actually going to be highly owned. Yeah. Uh, so that is a factor in their ownership, but I also have to factor in what my computer model says they're going to score relative to par. Mm-hmm. So Tiger Woods may, you know, he, he ranks pretty high uh, on his score to par ranking. He also ranks pretty high on his cuts made. The guy's played in five tournaments this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's played in his last five tournaments and three of those fives, he had top 10 finishes. So okay. when he, when he tees it up, he plays very well. Okay. Okay. And he's been playing at this course, I think now for a while, he's been out there practicing for at least a week I've read and in uh, interviews and articles that I read, he says he feels great. His back is um, feeling good and that he really feels like he's got a chance to win this one. Mm, okay. Well, then yeah, we can't so, ignore him. Yeah. No, he's actually on my squad. You know, when you read to the commentary from all the pros, a lot of them apparently agree with my assessment because Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, Bryson, Roy McElroy, all of them believe that the Bombers are going to have the advantages. So when you're building your lineup, folks, just make sure you look at guys that have they hit the ball a long, long, long way. That's certainly essential. And then, uh, you know, you can also look for guys that are picking up strokes from tee to green. So I think that's going to be a huge um, advantage. Folks that can get on the green and regulation at a high percentage. I expect that you're going to see their putting. Um, because looking at the videos online, the, the greens look really, really, uh, they're green. They're not burnt out and brown. So I think the, the, they're going to get some true rolls. If the guys make the right reads uh, and get their speed right, uh, I think they're going to land some long putts, some really good putts. So when you look at a guy like John Rahm, his tee to green improved um, last tournament. That's a positive. Pretty much stayed the same in um, putting. So his putting is uh, it shouldn't really hurt him. You look at a guy like um, Patrick Cantlay, on the other hand, although he's in, in, he's getting a lot of talk as kind of like a value play, his putting dropped significantly in the last tournament. He was down 14 spots Ooh. in the rankings. So keep an eye on the folks that are definitely improving on their putting, but more importantly, uh, folks that are going to go long off the tee. Okay. Okay. So that's the way I see it. You're going to have um, – a couple of scoring chances. So when you look at this um, course, I think the hole number one, you're going to see a lot of guys get off to a good start. It's a short hole. It's a 393-yard par four. I mean, those are the kind of four, uh, um, par fours that that I play <laughs> from where I play. Uh, but as you move along the course, uh, uh, the fourth hole, it's a 607-yard par five. The short hitters are going to definitely be getting up in three. The longer guys will have a chance to get on the green in two, and then you'll probably see a fair share of uh, eagle opportunities there for the longer hitters, but probably not 
for the shorter hitters. Number seven is a 340-yard par four. And this is really one where, you know, on Saturday or Sunday, guys that are – or even Friday, if guys are, you know, um, in danger of missing the cut, some of the longer ones might take out the driver and actually try to drive the green, get on in one. Oh, okay. And then hole number eight is going to be one of the most fun to watch because this is San Francisco and it's known for its fog. It's known for the cool, dense air. So a lot of people are speculating the ball won't travel as far. Mm -hmm. It's a 251-yard par three. 251 yards. And if the wind is blowing in your face and the air is dense – uh, that can play like a 280-yard hole, maybe. Oh, boy. It's going to be like trying to hit out of Wrigley. <laughs> trying to hit it out of Wrigley on a, on a cool day, for sure. Yeah. But at 280 yards, a lot of folks on the tour don't even average 280 yards off the tee. Mm. At least some of the other guys. I mean, some of the guys at the bottom of the pack. Yeah. So there's going to be a crew of, of golfers that if the conditions are right or wrong, depending on how you look at it, they're going to have to use a driver off the tee on a par three. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching some of that. Yeah, so that that definitely gives the long guys a big advantage. And then right after hole number eight, uh, to end the front nine, you have a 515-yard par four. Again, uh, the shorter guys are going to be coming in with five irons and, and you know maybe even some utility um, clubs, uh, but – the longer guys are going to still have their eight irons, their, their their seven irons to come in on the green. So you're going to have a real big advantage there. Then uh, they're going to start the back nine with a 562-yard par five. I think everybody's going to have a chance to get on in two there. So you, you're going to see some good scoring to make up for those real tough holes there. And then it's going to get really kind of crazy down the stretch. Um, you're going to have some pretty long – uh, holes in uh, part uh, number 12, 13, and 14 that are going to require some really good tee shots. And then the course does even ease up a little bit until the 18th hole where you have another 480-yard par four. So that last hole, I think the tournament could be won or lost on how folks play uh, the 18th. So that's kind of a course rundown. And I expect Sunday afternoon when the uh, when the final scores are tallied, you're probably going to see the winning score somewhere around, I think, somewhere between minus 8 and minus 12. Okay. So it's good, but it's, it's all coming down to the last hole. So don't, 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 uh, don't count your winnings or your, or your losses until that last hole is played, huh? Well, you know, at fantasy golf, the, you know, the, the, it's where they're positioned on the last day. So what you want is your you, you, you really the idea is to get six guys through the cut line because this is a cut tournament, unlike last week. So only 65 guys will be playing mm-hmm. and, and ties on Saturday and Sunday. So really, you have to have an eye towards at least initially in building your lineup, having an eye towards um getting six across the finish line. So I pay a lot of attention to, you know, how often somebody makes the cut. And that goes into your score as well, or your, your rankings. Right. The, the okay. cuts made, it does go into the rankings as well as, you know, points to be gained and then greens to regulation, greens and regulation. Okay. They're putting. I mean, I, it's a, it's a, an entire breakdown of the each golfer's game yeah. on an individual level. And then, you know, I look at some course specific metrics to, to kind of break ties and, and, and rank people and, and so forth. So if you're looking for some, you know, low guys to build your lineup around that are priced, um, you know, like we said, from the bottom up, 
um, a guy like Max Homa makes some sense. Um, Brett Snedeker is a little older guy. I tend to want to um, focus on more younger guys, mm -hmm. uh, especially the PGA Championship tends to uh, have some surprise winners. But uh, Brett Snedeker is a, is, is a really solid golfer. He, um, you know, he's only sixty nine hundred bucks on DraftKings. A guy like Cameron Smith is kind of hit or miss, so he's um, he's a possibility. Rafa Cabrero Bello just was awful last week, so he's a real big candidate to rebound um, this week. And so he, he's an opportunity there for you to take a look at. So those are some cheap guys you yeah. can build your lineup around. Brendan Todd has been on fire. He's kind of inexpensive. Uh, so that's a guy to look at. Tommy Lewis just had a fantastic Sunday last week in our tournament. He's only $7,100. Yeah. I do worry a little bit about some of the international players that have not played yet. So you know, if someone's making their first start, like an Adam Scott from coming in from uh, from Australia, uh, I do worry about them because I don't know how informed they are and how much they've practiced. I don't really think this is a problem for Tiger Woods because we've seen Tiger Woods come off the bench fresh, mm -hmm. and I expect that he'll he'll continue to do that. And you know, he says he's been you know playing golf regularly down at home. Obviously, it's not competitive golf, but I think without the crowds there yelling and screaming and cheering and all the sort of commotion that goes on in a PGA and distractions that you would normally have. For a lot of these guys playing in a crowdless environment, it's probably a lot like playing practice rounds. Yeah, I can see it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know that for Tiger that's going to make a difference. Cool. All right. So like I said, we got your whole rankings posted over on the website, AbsoluteDegeneracy.com. Is there anything else we need to be aware of? That's just, just it. Last, you know, the last two tickets that we've posted up on there, uh, yeah. I would ask everybody to deviate just a little bit. Just pick one golfer different than I have so we don't have the same lineup. <laughs> In the event we do hit the million-dollar prize, we don't have right. to share it. Well, I put, the, last I, two, yeah. the last two I've put up, you know, they both cashed. Well, I play over at FanDuel, so mostly. So I don't – we're okay. Hey, you can put the same exact one in at FanDuel. I don't care. There you DraftKings, just please alter at least one. <laughs> All right, Rich. Always fun. Are you, you're going to be back tomorrow, right? I'll no. be back tomorrow morning. Yeah, I, I was up late at night, you know, tweaking my uh, the way I do things. I went <laughs> over three yesterday, and um, it kind of reminds me of I don't know if you've ever seen this video of a bear who's scratching his back, and then he decides to grab the rope. There's no. like a hanging rope there. He, it's the funniest. If you don't laugh, if you see that video then uh, you have no pulse. So th the bear grabs the rope and starts. He starts like pulling on the rope and he unexpectedly hits himself in the family uh, jewels with the rope. <laughs> and then he roll, he's rolling around on the floor, just writhing in pain. Cause he just has no idea what just happened. <laughs> so I'll go look for that video. I'll yeah. post it on absolute degeneracy. And if you don't, like I said, if you don't laugh at that, I know this is like a politically correct time and what used to be funny is not funny anymore, but if a good nut shot's not funny anymore, I don't even know if I want to live. Oh, there you go. That's a good way to end it. All right, Rich, we'll talk to you tomorrow, man. All right, Archie, have a great day and good luck with your picks today. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.